this episode of the Church Photographers Podcast, what in the world do I do with all of these images? If you've got photos stashed on SD cards, thumb drives, hard drives, who knows where else, this episode is for you. We're going to cover strategies for organizing your personal photo library and how to get those images under control. But first, I'm Rob Lauder. I'm Connor Strickland. And, and this, this is, is the, the Church, Church Photographers, Photographers Podcast. All right, Connor, welcome back to the studio. Uh, we've got a uh, probably uh, potentially an interesting and eye-opening episode mm-hmm. and potentially a very boring episode. This is something that... I- we see questions about almost every single day. Yeah, it depends on your perspective. Um, if you, uh, if if my intuition is correct, though, um, this episode will open your eyes to some new ways to manage your personal photo mm-hmm. library uh, and give you some I- insight into things that Lightroom can do, yep, um, or similar resources can do that you never knew was, were possible. I know I'm even going to learn some things today, Rob. I hope so. Um, my Padawan. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's uh, let's dive into actually what we're talking about, and that is managing your personal image library. Yep. Um, in a previous episode, we talked about Fluoro and uh, SmugMug and other solutions for managing your church photo database. This is not that. This is um, talking about what to do with your personal images. And so for me, just with the, the photography that I've done over the years, I've got photos from church. I've got my landscapes, I've got my travel photos, I've got my portraits, I've got concerts and events, I've got commercial work, I've got 20,000 photos from the past couple of years. And so the question is, what in the world do I do with all of those images? That's what we're going to try to tackle in today's episode. So um, where do we start, Connor? Yeah, so first, I said let's go ahead and jump on to the challenges of managing a personal image library and some of the challenges that you, our listeners, are going to face when coming to how to actually manage your some 10,000, 20,000, 50,000 photos. Yeah, I think it's like when you just start shooting and you're like, oh, well, I, I got to use Lightroom to, <laughs> to, uh, to edit my photos. And you view Lightroom as an editing tool, yep. right? That's, and that's it. And, and you just start using it like that. You import photos and you import photos and you import photos. And suddenly, a year later, 15,000 photos later, you're looking back and like, oh, man, that's a lot of photos. Yep. They're taking up a lot of space in my hard drive. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to move them. I don't know what to do the, with them. If do I, I delete them all? <laughs> do I delete them from Lightroom? Do I delete them from my hard drive? Yeah. What happens? What happens if I move them uh, from one place to another on my hard drive or from my hard drive to another external hard drive? I went through all that and it was like the most, the darkest years of my photography career. (laughs) Um, So some of the specific challenges that you might experience with managing a photo library for yourself, storage, Yep. right? What do I do with my RAWs? Um, Cataloging, sorting, finding images uh, in Lightroom or another tool. Um, Access, how do I deliver and export files to the people who need them? If that's a client or if that's, you know, I did a family shoot for my wife if she mm-hmm. wants a photo of the baby. Um, how do I get those out of Lightroom and and, and into her hands? And then uh, archiving. What do I do with all the exports? Yep. So, you know, I've exported all these images to send to a client or to send to a band or to send you know, to my church. Now what do I do with them? 
Um, that's what we're going to be diving into. Um, note that I am assuming in this case that you are using Lightroom. Mm-hmm. That is what I think the majority of photographers are using. Um, if you are not, uh, if you're using like Capture One or Darktable or some of the other uh, solutions out there, they all have some sort of categorizing um, feature. And so there might be some nuance differences here, but big picture, we're talking about the same thing. Like those are the challenges that we're looking at. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump straight into that first one, storage, especially what do I do with all of these raw files? For those of you um, who aren't familiar with raw versus JPEG versus et cetera, um, your raw files are going to be massive. It is the uncompressed Huge. version of that JPEG file. The JPEG is compressed, it's already done for you in camera, so they're much smaller when you actually export them or put them into Lightroom. Um, much smaller files. However, you don't have as much data there to actually access when you're trying to edit those photos. Yeah, we're talking like orders of magnitude larger. Like yes. you're, you're, you're for a, the same resolution, a JPEG might be four megs, mm-hmm. your RAW might be 40 megs, right? Yes. So big difference. Yeah, so Rob, so what is the best way to do this? Is it physical? Is it going to the cloud? What is your approach? Yeah, so uh, like for me, like the the problem that I ran into was I kept filling up my MacBook Pro. Like yep. I had a 256 SSD in my MacBook Pro. One shoot, if I fill up a 64 gig card, there's a quarter of my hard drive gone. Yep. Let alone my entire archive of images. And so I just could not get anything done. Like I was constantly like, like I'd be at a shoot frantically trying to dump a card. My laptop's like, nope, sorry, there's no, no more storage. No space. <laughs> yep. So I was like, well, you know, what do I got to do? Uh, you shoot more video than I do. Video yeah. is even worse. Yeah, especially right? now shooting 4K stuff. It's, it's yeah, it's insane. Yeah, like you'll you'll you need to use an external hard drive just to record your video. Yep. And in in that case, like if I'm shooting with my Ninja Atomos mm-hmm. Five, recording 4K ProRes. Yep. I'm gonna fill up a terabyte hard drive in a in an no interview. time flat. Yeah. Um, but that's a different problem. Um, raw images are bad enough as it is one single shoot can be like 64 gigs and so um, a couple options and as i tried to solve this problem i tried several options (laughs) so i've been through some of these um my first approach was local hard drive like Mm -hmm. i just put everything on my hard drive um but particularly if you've got a laptop and you don't have uh, storage that you can swap out or add storage that's going to fill up pretty quickly um, particularly if you're not going back and culling images out and deleting images that you don't use anymore. Um, so option one, local hard drive. Um, downside, you're going to fill up in a hurry, but they're there. So if you just do light work, this could be fine for yep. you. Like if you're not shooting all the time. Um, if you are shooting all the time, though, you want to look into a different solution. Uh, a lot of the photographers we talked to as we were researching this episode said I back all my RAWs up to a, an external hard drive. Yep. And so that's definitely an option. Um, I'm always nervous about external hard drives, though. Uh, less so today because you got S- SSDs mm-hmm. versus you know, f- spinning physical disks. But do you know like how big a graveyard of dead hard drives I had in my desk for a while? Like 15 dead hard drives. Yep. Um, because they just wear out and they stop working. Mm-hmm. And so that's data loss if you're not backing up. Yep. And so external hard drives will work. Um, you do risk data loss, though. Um so I started looking at the cloud. Yep. I was like, all right, there's got to be something out there that I can take all of this massive data that ultimately, like, it's like I'm not going to need every single photo on demand for eternity. But what happens if, like, a client comes back to me for, hey, I want to make some, get some more edits done for this shoot that we did? Um, do you still have those files? <laughs> and all I've got on my JPEG is I can't do anything about it. Yep. 
And so um, I was like, there's got to be some sort of cloud option. My first instinct was like, how do I hack Dropbox? Yeah. Like, how can I get Dropbox to do what I needed it to do? I started putting all my images in Dropbox first and then bringing them into Lightroom and then using Selective Sync. And so, like, I could say um, uh, a week after I'm done with a shoot, let me just make this folder full of RAWs online only. It's not stored on my hard drive. It's stored mm-hmm. in the cloud. And if I ever need to access that, then I can bring it back. It started to get weird because, like, anytime Lightroom would try to access an image that was stored in the cloud, it would start to download it. Mm. Um, and so that was like, all right, this is just getting annoying. And that's when I found Lightroom CC. Um, and I am now all in on Lightroom CC. It was probably about a year ago that I made the switch. I used to do everything on Lightroom Classic. I'm like, yeah. oh, this whole CC interface feels like a cartoon it, to me. It does. Um, but once I started like looking into the cloud features, and I was like, you mean I can have all of my RAWs in the cloud on demand, yep. accessible, but and not I don't on my... need to do anything. Yep. Um, that was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out, and so I migrated my library over there, um, and I've done it. I've, now I've got 600 gigs of Jeez. RAWs in the cloud. Um, they don't touch my laptop mm. until I need them. Um, not only that, like I've got my my library accessible on any device. Mm-hmm. If I want to go to my phone, library is there. If I want to go to my my iPad, library is there. If I want to go and log in on the web from somebody else's computer. My entire library is there and I can make edits in Chrome on somebody else's computer. Yep. Don't even need Lightroom installed. And so uh, that's the way I went. Um, I think uh, yeah, the people, there's people out there who probably feel just as nervous as I do putting things in the cloud yep. as I do putting things on physical. Media, right? <laughs> yeah. So it all comes down <laughs> to your comfort level. And at the end of the day, if you want backups on backups, if you want cloud backups and local backups, it's great. Yep. Um, I'm just waiting for the great cataclysm of data uh, for me to come crashing down at some point. Yep. Um, but it has not happened to me in several years. So I am. And I'm just now in this process. I've always been local hard drives, backing everything up. Like I have a current hard drive or two that have the same files on it for my current project. So in case I lose one, if one gets stolen, if one breaks, I still have all my client work backed up. And then I also have additional towers at the office that back up those projects when I'm done with them. But I'm in the same situation. We now have three people on our team. We're all constantly traveling, doing different filmings, different shoots. It is becoming exponentially harder for us to all access that same hard drive at the same time, which is why we just had this conversation over lunch the other day where I was picking your brain on these exact questions of like, can you help me in this process of moving over from local hard drives to the cloud? One, for my sanity, so I don't have, like you said, stacks of stacks of hard drives. But also, as we're trying to scale and grow a business, what is the best way to access this both on my end, on our on our employees' end, as well as on the client end? Yeah. So this, uh, I ended up in, in going the cloud route. Um, I think it's it's great. Um, you will lose uh, some pro features in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. The thing I miss most is tethered capture. So yeah. I can't, like, if I'm doing an on-location portrait shoot, uh, I love to tether into my laptop. Um, you take a few, edit a few, uh, and then just apply by preset throughout the, the portrait shoot. Um, you lose that, but then you can always pull up Lightroom Classic and then sync them over. Yep. So that's that's still a thing. Um, yeah, so that's the big thing is is figuring out where to physically store those RAWs. Um, if you have not checked out Lightroom CC, do it. Give it a, give it a chance. Um, I am not a salesperson for Lightroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, there are, and I know some hardcore like Adobe uh, 
like anti Adobe people out there yeah. and they think Adobe's the devil. Um, maybe they are, but then maybe I've sold my soul to Lightroom. <laughs> um, but they've got my raws, dang it, and uh, I'm I'm happy for them to have them uh, until something goes wrong. Yeah. So um, now you have all of your files in the cloud in Lightroom. What do you do? to actually help you organize those files once you get them dumped over? Do you just have 600 gigs just randomly thrown into Lightroom? Or do you have some type of process that you put all your folder photos in? Yeah. And so this is like part of the same process of me. Like once I hit that point of like, I've got all these images and I don't know where any of them should be. Mm -hmm. um, I started asking the question, like how, how would I organize a photo library? Um, we also uh, put out a poll in, in Church Photographer Nation, our Facebook group, and asked the question. Uh, lots of people use dates as a means. Um, I have a really bad memory, so I don't remember like when a photo was taken, but I remember of what I've taken a photo. So like, what have I taken photos of? And so for me, um, within Lightroom, there's there's a few features that you can use to um, really drill down to, to getting a, a good system of organizing images. Number one is folders. So if you, you pop open Lightroom over the left hand side, you get um, all of the different folders of images within your Lightroom setup. And so folders, like for me, I've got high level folder uh, by type. Mm. So this is like, this is my commercial work. This is my portraiture work. This is my family photos. These are my church photos. Um, next folder in is for like client or subject groups. So within commercial work, that would be um, the, if I've got a recurring client, I'll put all them in a subfolder. Uh, and then if I've got, you know, if I've worked with um, the same people over time for portraiture, I'll put that in the same folder. Within my church folder, I've got services, I've got product photography, yeah. et cetera, as folders. And then I have albums within that folders. Mm. So that gets you to the next uh, next level of sorting uh, within Lightroom, which are your albums. Um, I create a new album for every event or shoot, even if it's just five images. So that way I can just go through my folders, say, hey, I, I know I need service photos, and here's photos of you know this particular service. Um, and I can generally remember, like, you know, hey, yeah, I took that back in March. Yeah, was like, this was, uh, oh, yeah, around Easter, so yep. I, I know where to look. Um, and so having those albums lets you have images grouped uh, with uh, the same events uh, or same shoot. Um, if you shoot, as, if you find that like you're shooting the same thing over and over again and you don't yet have a folder, mm-hmm. take those albums, scoop them up, put them in a folder. And that way you're continuing to organize your library as you go. Little bits of maintenance go a long way over time. Um, and then from there, like I think part of where libraries get unwieldy is when you have just a gazillion images and you've <laughs> never put the thought into maybe I need to remove some of these yep. because I think you've got two competing principles. One, I want to make sure that I have images when I need them, mm-hmm. but two, not every image that you take is going to be a keeper, right? Um, I think uh, if I were to run statistics on every shoot I d- I've done, um, 10% of my images are usable, yeah. let alone I'm going to export these and send them yep. to my church or to a client. Um, and so that's where flags come in. Um, the first thing I do is I'll dump my card into Lightroom um, and then I'll go through and flag picked and I'll flag re- rejected. Mm-hmm. And so go through uh, and it's called the cull or culling where you go through and you say, I'm, hey, I want to keep this one. Nope, don't like that one. Sometimes it's like, all right, here's three images of the same thing that I shot in yep. burst mode. Um, I like all three. 
Let me keep all three and I'll figure out which one I like best uh, as I go through the edit. Um, and that gets you into ratings. And so that's where you can have, you know, uh, uh, a few images that are similar. And I could say, I like this one. This one's a five star. Mm -hmm. This one's a two star. This one's a one star. And so as you edit, you just kind of go through. Um, after you've culled out all the rejects, then you go through and look at, okay, these are the um, five-star images, these are the two-star images, the yep. one-star, et cetera. Um, and then uh, I'll go back and I'll export my top images. You know, if, if After I've edited, if these are the five stars, I'll export those. Um, I'll ar archive the okay images. And so it's like, I might use this later. I don't know. I'm not ready to throw it out yet. And then I'll reject and delete anything that's that's kind of like a one star. And that, that was my cue to myself of, in my workflow, one star means go back and get rid of these. <laughs> um, or you can just you know do, use the reject feature and then delete all rejected. Yeah. Um, that is super important um, to keep that up with every shoot because you don't want to do that for twenty thousand images. No. You don't want to have to be like, uh oh, I forgot to delete a bunch, of, <laughs> delete a bunch of images, and now I've got a bunch of unusable stuff yep. in my library. Um, that will make your library size balloon. Mm -hmm. I've still got some though that I need to go back and clean up in my li my library. I probably do it once every three to six months. Just mm. go go in and spend a day yeah. doing a cleanup. Um, and then finally, the other feature that Lightroom gives you is tags. And I feel like um, some people use tags like religiously. Some people don't even know they exist. Yep. And so you can tag images by subject. Um, I don't personally do it a whole lot um, because I my folder system is, is good enough. Mm -hmm. But if I wanted to be like, you know, tag close up um, or wide shot, I could do that. Yep. And say, and then that way if it's like, all right, hey, I need a wide shot of the Briar Creek campus at my church um, with worship. Mm -hmm. leaders singing i could type in those tags and get those um same thing we talked about in our episode on uh, managing your church photo library can apply to your personal library um so some things that you can tag by you can tag by location so where was this taken uh tag by action what are the people doing in this image um, and then tag by subject so like who is this um, the final piece that you can use to categorize in lightroom is uh I think an overlooked feature that is mm. absolutely incredible and that's facial recognition. So in Lightroom CC, if you go uh, open Lightroom, there's a, uh, by date, there's uh, and then there's a, a people tab that literally just matches up facial, facial recognition, recognition across all of your shoots. Wow. And I could say, if I need a photo of a specific person, I don't need to dig through mm. 1500 folders. I just get photos of people yep. and then you can assign names to those people. Sometimes it'll like create two different people for one person because mm -hmm. they look a little different. You can merge those. Um, if you open up a person, it'll ask you, is this other person, this person, yes or no. Um, and so that way, like particularly in the church world, if you need a photo of a specific pastor or a specific yeah. volunteer or staff member, you can do that. Um, for my line of work, I'm in uh, music. So if I need a photo of a specific artist, I can find all those. Um, super cool feature. That's huge. Um, that I think goes way under hyped. Like it's a, it's a cool feature. And like you said, most of that is done for you. You're not having to go in there and assign every photo to the person. Oh, yeah. CC's doing it for you. Yeah. And so it's like, uh, like it's just a little bit of maintenance. Yeah. And you've got a, a people database. Yeah. That's awesome. So now we have all of our photos up in the cloud. We have them organized. We have them tagged. We have them rated. We have them even facial recognized by Creative Cloud Lightroom CC for you. Now what do you do in terms of delivering files? Do you have a best approach for doing this as well? 
Yeah. And so it, it really comes down to um, how do, uh, how are you going to send those files mm-hmm. to the client? Um, at some point, like, you know, I'm going to, like, I'm not, I'm not sending raws to clients, <laughs> yep. right? Uh, because they don't know what to do with it. And <laughs> nope. they don't have my edits done. Uh, I need to go through that export process. Um, for me, I export in full res and mm-hmm. full quality. Um, I, I don't see a good reason to compress um, unless you just talk about for archive or web, but I can yep. do that after the fact. So yep. I'm going to take my full full res JPEG, upload it to the web. I'll resize it at that point. Um, but um, we're not talking about the church submission process here. We're talking about how do you get f- the files to the people who need them, clients, Correct. family, et cetera. Um, number one and quickest is Dropbox, right? So like as I go through my exports, I keep most of my exported images in Dropbox at this point um, just because it's a quick and easy cloud file system. So um, I can uh, selective sync on my hard drive. I can say, do I want these on my hard drive mm-hmm. or no? Uh, makes it really quick and easy to share. If somebody's tech savvy, no problem. They can figure out how to get images. I did have one shoot where the client wanted RAWs, and I had like you know 50 gigs of RAWs from a shoot. And Dropbox had no idea what to do with it. Um, <laughs> so that was a pain. I would have just rather put it on physical media and go and deliver it, to them. Yep. Um, but for most part, if we're talking about JPEG exports, uh, Dropbox is fine mm-hmm. um, for tech-savvy people or people who are familiar with how to use the internet. Yep. <laughs> Some people aren't. right? And so that's when you need a different solution. Um, when I deliver photos to clients, I prefer to use a gallery software. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about Smug Mug in the past for churches. I use Pixie Set personally um, because uh, it kind of hit the features that I needed. Um, because I'm doing a lot of uh, work uh, for media, I, I want to have watermarked images. So yep. I can have my images automatically watermarked when I put them into my Pixie Set gallery and then um, have multiple resolutions to download. So mm-hmm. you can download full res, no watermark if you have the code. Yep. Um, or you, like, you know, depending on how I'm delivering my images and pricing my images, if it's a uh, an image for for uh, that I, I want a client to license, mm-hmm. I can have a digital download option, yeah. and they pay me a flat fee, yep. and they can get the full res without a watermark, or they can just download, hey, I want a few images for social, great, download the low res yep. watermark file, give me credit, I'm happy with that. <laughs> yep. um, and so uh, you can check out my gallery at gallery.roblauder.com. You'll see a lot of my work there. Um, see how that gallery functions. Um, you can do sub-albums within that and all sorts of other fun stuff. Um, Smug Mug, as we mentioned, is another popular one. Uh, with these so- solutions, sure, you need to pay, um, but you're paying for the features. So like, you're paying for uh, public and private galleries. You're paying for the ability to deliver images to clients. And so, and it's a, it's a much more user-friendly experience than trying to look at them in a Dropbox folder, mm-hmm. et cetera. And so... Uh, you can get customizable layouts, uh, download watermark or full res. You can order prints directly from Pixie Set. So that's a big, um, big boon for me. So I think like all of that, like just kind of goes into the thought process of um, how am I organizing, yeah. how am I storing images, um, and if you like, just like we talked about in the church photo library episode, if you are a photographer and you're doing personal work, um, and you catch this early you're in a good spot yes. right? because then you're not going back and, and doing triage. Yep. Um, if you are down the road 
um, you probably want to make some decisions. It might be you just cut your losses, keep those things <laughs> on a hard drive and start it fresh now. Yeah. Or you can go and put in the hard work of going through and organizing your library. Um, but I think the big picture, you just have um, you know, your workspace, mm-hmm. Lightroom, and then you have your delivery. And just being savvy about where you put those and putting that thought into it, yeah. I think, goes a long way. Connor, what would you add to the process? No, I think that is awesome because you're taking your photos from the camera, storing them to whether the cloud or the hard drive. In, in this example, we recommend putting it into the cloud in Lightroom. You then go in there, you organize them, you tag them, you do, et cetera, and then you edit, and then you can export them, deliver them to your files, make them happy. And then going back to one thing that you mentioned earlier, what if a client comes back down the road and wants a couple more edits? If you have no way to access that, you are now leaving money on the table because this is often a way that you can continue to provide value for um, for a client, for your church, for whoever, so that, okay, I know this photographer captured this event. I loved it. I want to work with them again, but I really need this one photo. Hey, I'm willing to pay for it. Can I come can I come pay you a couple hundred dollars for you to edit a couple more photos for us? If you have no way to capture this or, or to go back and find that photo that they're looking for, you're walking away from money and it could be enough where that client is kind of like, oh, well, I don't know if I really want to continue working with them because they don't hold on to any of my photos anymore. So coming from a client services standpoint, being able to access, deliver, and follow through on your process is going to be a, a game changer. Yeah, I think uh, you, you you gave the scenario of doing this for uh, for business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you are just a very casual photographer mm-hmm. and you don't do client work yet, uh, you need to first listen to our uh, recent episode on the side hustle. Yep. Um, but then two, uh, like you hear, well, cloud features, well, that costs money, and I don't really want to pay for all that. Um, valid point, valid yep. objection. Um, and so like it might be free Dropbox or Google Drive yep. it works great for you. Um, it's all up to like your personal workflow. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you think about it, like if you're using physical media, those hard drives aren't cheap. Right. Yep. And, I mean, and they're, they're getting cheaper for more storage. But then you also you're getting faster hard drives and price just pretty much stays <laughs> constant. As yep. you go. Yep. Um, so you're going to drop 120 bucks on a hard drive. We're going to drop 120 bucks on a year's cloud storage for the whole year. Right. And then, uh, you know, you got the, both the pros and cons of each mm-hmm. one. Um, you just got to kind of weigh that yeah. based on your workflow and your needs and everything. Um, you know, I choose cloud, mm-hmm. um, and I'm happy to pay for cloud because of the features that mm-hmm. I get because I use those features. Like I'm shooting on the go all the time. Yeah. Um, if you are like, Hey, I'm going to take my card back to my office. I'm going to put it on my hard drive. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yep. Do that. Um, just you know, find a system that works, works best for you mm-hmm. or some combination thereof yep. too. So there's always options. Um, uh, I, I don't want to prescribe any one approach. Um, I do want to say you need to have a strategy though. Yep. For sure. Cool. So let's land this plane. Um, Next step, uh, we talked about Smug Mug. Yeah. Um, one of the f- cool features that we have on our website right now is we've got a perks section. And if you go to churchphotographers.com uh, slash perks, we'll, we've, uh, we've gone ahead and we've uh, worked with gear manufacturers. We've gone through software vendors. And we've brokered some deals that are special just for you. One of those is getting 15% off a Smug Mug subscription. And so if you are interested in Smug Mug as a gallery uh, and want to explore that as a way to deliver files to clients or uh, as a way to organize photos for your church, 
Um, hit up churchphotographers.com forward slash perks. Get 15% off a new account there and uh, see some of the other stuff we've got there for you. Um, that's all we got time for today. We're going to wrap it up and uh, be right back here next week. Uh, until then, I'm Rob. I'm Connor. And this, this was is Church, Church Photographers, Photographers Podcast. Podcast.